Welcome to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning workshop whisperer podcast as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to platinum sponsor Podium and titanium sponsor Mechanic Desk. Whispering Loudly is the workshop whisperer podcast with Rachel Evans and we're super excited to be joined today by Joey Wright. Joey is a well-renowned NBL coach here in Australia with accolades galore. Joey has won more games as a coach than any other NBL coach. Has been crowned NBL Coach of the Year, not just once, but three times. And most impressively, is the only coach in the league's history to take the last place team to the grand final championship game. Joey has acted as head coach for many Australian NBL teams. Most recently, the Adelaide 36ers, where he took all of them to great heights through his leadership, passion and commitment to the game and the players. We can't wait to see how he transforms your business today. Thank you so much, Joey, and welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. Thanks so much, Joey, and welcome. Uh, that is quite uh, quite a fabulous uh, intro there. What else would you like us uh, to know about you? Well, the things that are probably way more important than any of those things are the fact that I'm a, a father of four, happily engaged uh, to a, a beautiful young lady. So I'm about to get married soon. Congratulations. Uh, but I am a, <laughs> thank you. I am a father of four, and, and those four, as anyone knows that have kids on this podcast, uh, is the most important job that I'll ever do. And um, hopefully I'll do that right. I'm still guessing. The 14 year old got me guessing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing that right or not. Yes. <laughs> so today on the podcast, as you know, um, we help auto repair shop owners to achieve business success. And we know that you are um, obviously with your success in your field, a bit of a, uh, an expert in leadership. So what is leadership to you? Leadership, you know, Sometimes I think people confuse it with, with, you know, leaders are supposed to be the perfect example and, and um, you know, do everything right. And I think that's, you know, kind of the opposite of leadership. You know, I, I let my, my people know right away that I'm imperfect. We will lose games this year because of me uh, and not because of you. You know, I, I am flawed, but I will give you my passion. I will lead by example. I will never ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do. So, you know, I just try to be real with them, be someone that they can relate to. But I definitely, by example, without a doubt. And I guess um, coaching in elite sports is, you know, it's kind of an ultimate form of leadership. Can you tell us about your journey uh, into that and, um, you know, how you became the leader that you are? You know, it's, it's interesting because as a, as a kid, you know, up until the age of probably 16, I was a, uh, extremely introverted. Probably had some good reasons. I was a uh, dyslexic. I was a bit overweight, and I wasn't very good at sports, so I didn't have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, as a result, I just didn't have many leadership skills. But as I got better in sports, I started looking around the room and just saying, "This needs to be said," and no one's saying it. The one thing I've always had, no matter where I was positioned at in life, is that I've never really been afraid of what people thought of me. And so, you know, if I had a flaw, if I had a situation where I need to say something, I just put it out there. And so I learned to speak up in in environments where people would say what needed to be said. I mean, I think a lot of us identify things, but we go, oh, you know, know, I don't don't want to say that because it's going to cause a bad moment. 
I feel like you always have to say it. And so in doing that, I a lot of coaches identified me just from on that one thing alone and the fact that I was a hard worker, that oh, he'd be a great leader for, for our team. Mm. And so every team I played on, at some point in time, I ended up being captain or co-captain of those teams. And so as I got further and further into sport and got into professional sport and played overseas in different places, I thought that I would be a coach. I, just, I didn't know because I knew you didn't make a lot of money and I didn't want to rely on winning games for income. So I spent seven years building a real estate company and didn't coach at all at that particular time after my professional playing career. And I decided to um, go into coaching once I felt like I was financially viable that I didn't have to really live on that coaching salary and then therefore not make decisions based on keeping that job, make decisions based on doing better at the job. Mm. So I had that luxury. I did that. And I think through a combination of just failures, you know, I was able to, you know, become a leader. Join our free Facebook group, Your Profitable Auto Repair Shop, and join in on the conversation with auto repair shop owners just like you globally. What do you think that um, has been your proudest coaching achievement? Uh, You know, it's probably not one thing, and I'm not saying that as if I've done so many things. Um, It's just the one thing that I am proud of is my relationship with my past players. That is probably what means most to me. Um, I've coached around 240 players, probably 220 of those players I could call up right now and just have a civil conversation with them Mm. and keep up with their life. And a lot of them call me and tell me, you know, I'm having a kid, you know, about to buy a house. What do you think? You know, just, just conversations like that. And that's probably what I'm most proud of. I think that that's really relevant to our listeners too, even though, you know, we're talking about two completely different work environments. The relationship that you have with your team, um, you know, we want to be able to part ways with a handshake. Uh, not everything has to end in conflict. No, I, I, I understood mainly because I was a player and, I, and a lot of your your warriors and the, the guys in your program were probably on tools at one point and now they've mm. run into place. But if they remember back to, you know, when they were – you know, on tools, you have to make decisions that are best for you as an individual because that career may be over at some point. So you have to make decisions that are best for you and the company has to make decisions best for them. And if both parties understand that, usually you can walk away. I've had guys that I really, really, really love having on my team decide to go to another team. And although it's disappointing, you know, I shook their hand and one guy told them, hey, for that kind of money, I'll drive you to the airport. You can't take it down. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it, and, and me and him, you know, we remain friends to this day. And I, I really wanted him on my team because mm. uh, he's a player, but I couldn't pay him half the money that he was about to get paid. So yeah. I just try to try to realize and understand that you know people are going to come and go for different reasons. Try to be mature about those reasons. Now the other twenty that I probably couldn't call, they would they they wouldn't you know we we didn't part on great great terms, but it wasn't because. I didn't treat him like a human being. I didn't treat him like fair. It was probably more the fact that they wanted something unfair. Yeah. And I wouldn't give it to them. Yep. Um, so that, that's probably, probably more. And I think, you know, as leaders, um, it's about holding our boundaries when we recognize that something is unfair as well. And, um, you know, feeling like it's okay to part ways when uh, we don't see eye to eye anymore. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've coached very talented players with very big names. And, you know, no matter what, I always get the question on how are you going to handle them? How are you going to handle them? And I just say, I'm going to handle them just like I handle everybody else. And I think that's what a leader does. Like, I, you know, I don't change 
our core values because of talent. And and trust me, that that hurts some really talented players' feelings sometimes. Yeah. Um, I was giving an uh, example to my daughter the other day about her stepping up in her team and maybe saying some things to some players that the coaches won't the coach won't say things to that need to be said. And I gave an example when I coached in Brisbane, and this was my very first coaching. I was the youngest NBL coach in history at the time, so I was only about 36 years old. And I actually had players that were older than me. I had two players on the team older than me. But I, I, they came to me, my leadership group came to me, and they said, we feel like you don't give us enough respect and you treat us like you treat the guys that are you know, rookies or have been around. And I just said, look, as far as human nature, I'm going to always treat everybody the same. So I'm never mm. going to give one person more love because they are a better player, have been around longer, or make more money. That's not going to happen. And I said, our core values, I'm not going to change those because you've been around longer, you make more money, or you're a better player. Mm. That's going to happen. Now, physically, if you need a day off because you're 40 and another guy's 22, I get that. And you've, I've already stated that. You guys can come in and say, you need a rest, and you can get a rest. I said, but if you ask me to change the other two situations, I won't. Yeah. And one of the guys just got up and walked out. He was just really upset by the fact that I would not give him a, a pass in some of those other areas. No, I'm going to critique you on the court the same as I would critique everyone else. Mm. And, I, you know, that took a lot. The owner actually came to me at that particular time and said, if you can't get along with him, he's a better player, you're going. I said, okay, if he can't get along with me, then I guess I got to go because I'm not going to change my values. And it was a really, mm. I would say, come to Jesus moment for me as a coach because I was, I was only 36 at the time. And, and um, you know, I could have been fired for standing my ground. Yep. But luckily, three of the other three in the leadership group said, no, he's exactly right. And that's exactly what we need to make sure that player adheres to the team rules. Wow. Take a smoke out and review us on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen. So is there a particular time where you felt like your leadership didn't live up to your own standards or the expectations of others? No, I, 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 because leadership has no quantitative value to it. Like, you, you know, mm. if you if you win games, that don't mean you're a great leader. If you lose games, that don't mean you're a bad leader. As a leader, I've always set the example and follow the example of what needs to be done in every situation. I, will, I won't. You know, I couldn't live with myself if I didn't do that. Now, does that mean I did a great job of coaching? No. I mean, mm. I've, I've done some horrible jobs of coaching. Yeah. But as far as leadership and adhering to the values that I express to them and that I carry out, yeah, no, always. Not even a question. So if we're to offer a piece of advice uh, to our auto repair shop owners out there listening to the podcast who are actively working on, you know, really owning their leadership and really taking charge of their teams, what would be your advice to them? You know, because a lot of them feel unsure in the beginning um, as to whether they've even mm-hmm. got the skills to be able to lead a team. You know, my one thing, and I have, you know, we're going we're gonna, to, do some workshop stuff next week and I yeah. have six things that I'll you know I'll go through in more detail about you know about that subject about leaders being unsure but I in my opinion initially be vulnerable be the hardest worker in the room be the most knowledgeable person so study as much as you possibly can if you do some of those things you'll gain the respect of your your peers and people who are looking up to you and and then once you got their respect you can command anything um and so it's getting to that point where you want to 
compare respect by being the, you know, you're not always going to be the smartest on every subject, but if you study every subject and know exactly what you don't know, that's important. That's just as important as knowing what you do know. But yeah. if you're upfront about, hey, I have no idea about this, who in this room does? You? Mm. Okay, great. Talk to us about it because I can't talk to you guys about this situation. Yeah. If you're that confident about not knowing as you are about knowing, that'll gain a lot of respect. If they know that you're the first one in that shed and the last one to leave, you're willing to sweep floors. I, I clean the floor every morning before practice. Mm. We had a manager who was supposed to do that. Uh, he was not on time most of the time. And I didn't want our players walking on the dirty court. So I grabbed a broom and I told him, don't worry about it. I'll do it. And they thought, oh, you're a head coach. You shouldn't be sweeping the floor. But I want my players to understand I'm going to do whatever I can in my power to make sure they get the best opportunity to be successful. And they need a clean floor so they can move, they don't slip, they don't fall, hurt themselves. Mm. And what else would I be doing? Just standing around waiting for practice to start? I might as well do something with my time. Yep. So I just want to be the hardest working, most knowledgeable person in the room, study the most, and gain respect to the players. And then once you do that, you can probably push them over the line if you have their respect. Yep. So hardworking, be visible, be as confident with what you don't know as you are with what you do know and um, earn their trust and respect. Wonderful advice. Thanks so much, Joey. It has been our absolute pleasure to have you on Whispering Loudly today. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Hopefully I helped someone. But uh, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. And if you would like us to answer a question of yours about how to run your auto repair shop, please email us uh, with your question to admin at workshopwhisperer.com. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning Workshop Whisperer podcast, as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to platinum sponsor Podium and titanium sponsor Mechanic Desk.